Welcome in, everybody, to the West Side Sports Podcast. It is November 30th, 2023. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome into today's podcast. Today's podcast is going to be dedicated to Huskies, Seahawks. We're going to talk football today. If you want to tune in, if you're wondering if I have talked baseball lately, I, hop, uh, me, I hopped back on the mic yesterday. We talked about extensively about 35, almost 40 minutes, pretty much all Mariners sprinkling a little Seahawks to kind of prelude today's conversation. With that being said, thank you guys so much for, for tuning in and listening today. I really, really do appreciate it. We all know what's at stake. Let's get straight into it, okay? I'm not going to be a beat beater on the bush. We got plenty to talk about today, okay? The Seahawks are traveling down to the big D of Dallas, Texas, to Jerry's world, to play the infamous Dallas, Dallas Cowboys. And if the Eagles weren't playing with an 8-1 clip that like they're currently doing right now, then uh, the Cowboys would be in for first place. They're a good team. I'm not going to take anything away from Dak Prescott. I'm not taking anything away from Jerry. I'm not taking anything away from Mike McCarthy. Team's loaded. Look at what they've got. Michael Parsons, the freaking stud. That dude is a problem. And I'm going to get into some of the things that are going to ha- keep handle of this problem. Keep it under wraps, control, right? But I heard this conversation. I've been thinking about this kind of too, about which teams are under the most pressure. And to me, this isn't even a conversation. It's quite simple. It's Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks recognize and know that if they do not pull their heads out of their asses today and get this win, you're, lo- you're staring at 6-8 right in the face after the end of this road trip with, uh, or with this stretch, excuse me, between Philly, Dallas, Niners twice, this is the gauntlet. We've talked about this since the season schedule was released. This is going to be the toughest stretch, without question. You know, I just talked a little bit about Micah Parsons. Whatever you do, do not let him dictate the terms of this football game. How, how you do that? To me, it's simple. You run the football down their throats. And that's a little vulgar, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep going. So if you don't like it, you're probably not going to listen to, uh, to uh, today's podcast. Just giving you a friendly heads up. This is going to be descriptive. It's going to be um, intense, okay? We haven't run the football all damn year long. Have not run the football. Ken Walker hasn't had a rushing touchdown in five weeks. Zach Charbonnet got, I believe, zero of them things. None. If there is a hole to be exposed in this defense for the Dallas Cowboys, it's running the football and being out of a 12-man formation. And for people who do not know what 12-man or 12-man is, no, I'm not talking about the crowd. No, I'm not talking about crowd noise and people and stuff like that. You need two tight ends, a running back, and two wide receivers. Stop the three wide receiver look. Shane Waldron, what did you do last year? What was the thing that you were best at? 12 personnel. Get the tight ends on the football field. They don't have Leighton Van Rush. He's gone for this season. Attack this defense. You cannot come out, and I'm just going to say this flat out. If Shane Waldron, first sequence, first series of football game, guess what you're going to do? Guess what you need to do? Run the football. First down, run the ball. Second down, run the ball. Third down, run the football. And some people are going to say, that's redundant. Three runs in a row. Set the tone. What happened last week with the Niners? They came into our house, kicked our ass, grabbed our face, run our face right through the crap inside the front yard like a bad dog. It's because they came into our ballpark, came into our stadium, and our 12th man on Thanksgiving, Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth, and the crew, right? The A crew. And they just embarrassed us. And this got to be en- enough is enough. These are full-grown men who have pride, who have a name to uphold within this NFL, within the league, within their, you know, respect of their peers. Run the damn football. Zach Charbonnet, you better carry the football 20 times tonight. 20. Not 15. Not 17. Not 12. 20. Run the football with conviction. Do not run the football out of shotgun formations and sets. I don't want to see it. I want power O, halfback dive, basic football. Run the ball. I don't care if you, I don't care if Gino throws, you know, has 10 to 15 less pass attempts today. Good. Look at what Denver's done with Russell Wilson. What did, what did Russell try to do last year? Russell tried to cook. Russell tried to get cute. They tried to do something Russell Wilson isn't by passing the football 40 to 50 times a game. 
They're back to winning football with smash mouth defense, running game that is pro- that is predominant in the offensive scheme. Russell's dropping back 20-ish times a game, and they've won four straight football games. These are the facts. The, 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 form- the formula, the layout, the scheme I just explained needs to happen in Seattle tonight. Tonight. I need to see... Colby Parkinson more on the football field. I need to see more Will Disley blocking people. I need to see Seahawk football. This garbage we've been watching the last five, six weeks is not Seahawk football. It's not. It's just like wannabe Peyton Manning, Colts, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, and the crew back inside the inside the you know the old days of the, the Colts when they were really, really, really good. The Seahawks are the Seahawks and play Seahawk football. It's not rocket science. Pete, I know you know what's at stake tonight. You know what's going to happen if you don't win this football game. The cries for Shea Waldron's job are going to be so loud, it's going to be deafening. You, won't be able, you can't hear anything besides for people saying, Shane, you got to go. And Pete Carroll is not one to make in-season coaching changes. I looked it up. Zero. There has not been a single offensive coordinator that has been changed in the duration and the tenure of one Peter Carroll. Ain't going to happen. So Shane, do what you do best. Say, look, whatever we've been doing, we know we have Jackson Smith and Jigba. And you've got to include him inside that game plan today. But you've got to get the ball to the tight ends. You've got to get the football to your running backs. You've got to get the football to your wide receivers. Right? You've only got one football to spread that love with. And I understand that. But that's why you get paid the bucks that you do. You came from the lineage in the tree of Kyle Shanahan. And you came from um, Sean McVay. You're supposed to be boy genius. And you were genius last year when you were coming out of, 12, out of that 12-man formation. With your two tight ends. The tight ends are the key to this game. You must run the ball with conviction, throw the ball to the tight ends. The reporters out of Dallas that cover the Cowboys for a living say, if there is a hole in this defense to exploit, it is a 12-man personnel because they have a problem covering tight ends. That's how you're going to win this game. Defense, I need to see Devin Witherspoon playing again like a man on fire. He's been a little bit less in the last couple of weeks. He admitted on the huddle this week that he's just been kind of, he hit that, that rookie wall. And that happens with almost every single rookie that comes, in, comes into the NFL because they're accustomed to playing 12-game seasons. That's understandable. Getting his body prepped right, getting ready. Uh, all all indications, excuse me, show that Abraham Lucas will start tonight a right tackle. You have brought the big Mauler back to your offensive line. Put Jason Peters at right guard. I don't give a damn. Get nasty. You want to put Anthony Bradford in the right, at right guard? Get nasty. Just be mean. That's all I'm asking for. Be mean. Bruno Giacomini, mean. Find a way to get this ball game won tonight, because if we don't, all oh, hell going to break loose in the, in the sucker. Boys and girls talking about ages. It's going to get ugly. People are going to start wondering, is Pete Carroll the coach? And don't, don't question Pete. It's, I understand why people, when the team struggles the way that they've been struggling, point towards the head coach. I understand that because he's the one that stirs the drink for the whole sucker, for the whole team, right? But look at what happened last season with Clint Hurt. I was pounding the table. Clint Hurt was bad, and he was, because he did not have, what, the courage of his convictions, and he said he needed players to run his scheme. Now, I'm not insinuating that the Seahawks and offense don't have the players to run that scheme, but that's something to think about. If we don't win this game, that's a conversation that's going to be had. Derek Hall, I'm specifically calling you out. Third-round draft pick, Auburn, DN, outside linebacker. You need to play with some freaking violence. That's what we drafted you for, because you had a bull rush that you could push anybody over. You haven't done a damn thing all year. I understand. The NFL speeds up on some guys. Shit, D.S. Gray just took three years to be able to do anything, let alone kick return. So, it just, the game comes to players at different speeds, and I respect that. But this league and this game is about production. You need to perform on the football field, or else your value to this team is lessened day by day. Frank Clark, they signed you as depth to replace Uchenna. You haven't done a damn thing either. Do your job, man. 
You get paid millions and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars to perform a football game in a sport you love. Go do it. Go do it. Jamal, hope and pray to God Jamal Adams plays tonight because we need that juice. We need that juice. Whatever we do, do not test around Bland for the Dallas Cowboys. Six pick sixes is enough. I don't want to be the seventh, the, the lucky number, God's number seven. I don't want it. I don't need it. It ain't need to happen. Turn it over to library book. Escape the, you know, that nasty librarian. Do your job. Right? Just win the game tonight, please. Just win. Find a way to win. Come out in the first quarter and play Seahawk football. Put up 10 points in the first quarter. Let's stay active in this game. If you let Dallas come in here and set the tone and Doc Prescott starts slinging that ball to C.D. Lamb all over the place, I'm going to rip the rest of my non-gray hair right on my head. Because this has been the problem all season. You, we, we, we don't set the tone. Set the tone. Play football that you know you are capable of. Okay? So that's what I'm going to leave with for that today. Um, if you want to worry about X-Factors, I'm going Abe Lucas on offense. And then as far as defense goes, probably want to go Boye Mafe because we need to get that pass rush and get Dak Prescott's feet moving. When Dak Prescott's feet move, he's more so he is, excuse me, the percentage chance of him making a incompletion or a turnover is drastically raised and, and, and increased. So let's see what happens with that. Oh, fly Seahawks, fly, please. I'm, you know, I know it's Eagles. I don't even care. This has been a long stretch. And with that, talking about a long stretch. We've got a team here in Washington State that's 12-0. It's going down to Las Vegas tomorrow for the biggest game that I can think of since the since Huskies and Jake Browning played Alabama and Bo Scarborough ran all over them. I don't forget that game ever because I remember sitting in my parents' house when it was 240 rushing yards, and it was embarrassing. The Oregon Ducks have made it very well known that they want to hurt Michael Penix. If you're, trying to, if you're wondering where I'm referencing this, you need to listen to Rock and Salk today. Check out our three. Um, audio straight out of Oregon from Eugene is that they want to hurt Michael Penix. If they can, quote, take him out of his game or the game, then yeah, of course Oregon has the upper hand. And in most cases, most people are going to say that Oregon is a better team. And right now, if somebody were to say, look, you have to bet money of your own. I'm going to give you money. Who are you betting to win this game? My heart says Huskies. My mind says Oregon. Because I look at, you know, we go position by, you know, position by, you know, job by spot, spot by spot, excuse me, right? Oregon's like 16 to 6, right? You want to go quarterback, toss up. They have the better running game at Oregon. We have better wide receivers. They probably have a better tight end um, and Justin Herbert's brother. But this is going to be a pivotal game to see who advances to the college football playoff championship, right? Who's going to play the number, you know, one seed or the two seed or however the hell they're going to, you know, break it up or how, you know, how I'll be it. This has been a magical season for Kalen and Michael Penix. ZTF with his dad passing away, Aroma Dunze, just being a man amongst boys. This has been a lot of fun to watch this team perform at the levels that they've been able to perform on a week-to-week basis. But let me make this. I'm not going to skip around the corner. I hate Oregon. I don't like Oregon. They don't like me. I'm okay with it. But like, the disrespect about wanting to even possibly insinuate to hurt our quarterback, it's noted. It's heard. You know? And... We beat you guys, but it was week five. It was a close game. One of the best rated games, the most highly rated watch games in all the, all the season for the Washington Huskies. But make make it clear, no doubt about it, this is going to be a dogfight. No no pun intended, no nothing. This is going to be tough. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game than it's going to be a higher scoring game. Last time it was a higher scoring affair that leaned towards the Huskies. But the defense of Washington has to come out. They need to put pressure on Bonex, but you can't let him run around because if he starts running... That opens up a lot of doors and avenues for many other players to walk through. And it's going to make for even that much harder of a day for the defense to try and cover this very prolific offense that started and is based upon the uh, the back of their running back. 
Bucky Brooks is a legit dude. Legit tank of a running back. He's he is an NFL legit starting three down running back. You want you want to argue for a two down, sure, and three down for a bruising or like a Darren Sproles scat back receiving kind of running back, sure, you can talk about that. But this defense on both sides of the ball for both these teams is going to be absolutely man among boys. These are five, six, seven year starters because of COVID and everything. There's a lot on the line. It's like Kalen said on Brock and Saul yesterday that players came back to this school for this opportunity, for this game, for the op- for the chance to be on the national scale to not only better their brand, their profile, their ratings. It's for the college. It's for everybody. The Huskies, it's been a long time since they've been prevalent like this, and I am so fortunate and grateful and thankful and whatever other word you want to use to express appreciation for this, that opportunities like this don't show up on the door very often. And when they do, you have to take, them, take the best or take the most of your opportunities and better yourself with it, right? Learn. And Kalen's great with this. So I'm really, really hopeful. I'm excited for what this game is going to bring. But ultimately, this has just kind of been a fun, short-ish podcast today. I wasn't shooting for a long one today. But I'm just going to reiterate what I started this podcast with today, and we're going to end it on this too. Seahawks, you have one agenda today. It's to run the football with conviction, with anger, and with pride. Defense, show up. Do your jobs. Huskies, go down to Vegas. Strap up that purple and gold for, the, for, for a lot of these seniors for the last possible time, possibly. Hopefully it's not. Let's play with some pride. Because the Emerald City faithful of the Pacific Northwest is behind both these teams and rooting as hard as we physically can. I appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening. Um, I wasn't planning for this to be a longer podcast today. Apologies if you're if you wanting something longer. Um, if you're wanting a longer podcast, please check out again yesterday's podcast. That was about 35, 36 minutes. And uh, just really thankful and appreciative for everybody for tuning back in, hopping back on this bandwagon. I'm you know really enjoying this and looking forward to doing this more and more often. With that being said, everybody have a wonderful blessed day. Thank you guys so much for, for tuning in and listening. Go Seahawks. Go Huskies. And Jerry, we know that you're doing something good. See us rise. Go Mariners. Lo- love you guys. Peace.